The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about the rise of chief revenue officers and the importance of RevOps to marketers. Joining us is Doug Bell, who is the CMO of Lean Data, which delivers modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. Doug is also the host of our newly launched Revenue Generator Podcast, part of the I Hear Everything Network, and a longtime friend of the MarTech Podcast. And today... Doug and I are going to talk about the emergence of CROs. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Doug Bell, the CMO of Lean Data. Doug, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Excited to have you here. Do you remember the movie Happy Gilmore? I do. Okay, so in Happy Gilmore, there was the part where grandma has to go to the old age home. And when all the adults leave with the elderly people, Ben Stiller turns around and says, what does he say? Are we ready to party? Nope. He says, you're in my world now, Grandma. <laughs> I've been on your podcast twice recently. You launched the Revenue Generator podcast. We're working together to produce it. You've been asking me all the questions. My turn. Are you ready? I wonder why I'm suddenly your grandmother, but that's fine, Ben. Let's roll with it. All right. Well, thanks, Grandma. Anyway, <laughs> you got a job. You're the CMO. That seems like a really important thing. You're working on a rocket ship, lean data, you know, approaching unicorn status. You got a big boy job and you're still working in marketing, which leads me to question whether your job's going to be around. And Doug, it's not because I don't think you're a talented marketer or a good person to be in the organization. It's more of a macro question of are marketers going to be in the jobs or is your lunch going to get eaten by somebody who calls themselves the CRO, Chief Revenue Officer? Are CMOs still going to be a thing? It's a fair question from a couple of angles. The first angle is we sometimes as marketers have this great privilege of being able to look inwards, if you will. In other words, there are trends that affect us as marketers. You deal with this all the time in the MarTech podcast, right? And it's also something we have to pay attention to in terms of trends in the market that we have to pay attention to because we're selling stuff. So I will say, we hear this a lot from Forrester and Gartner. And what they're saying is that the CRO is ascendant. And they're saying what the CRO is going to do is over time subsume marketing as a function. So it's going to be one big old revenue organization and marketing is going to be subsumed. So the CMO is not going away. Maybe the title is. They're still ahead of marketing. They're folding under the CRO's name. 
I don't want to make light of any of the conflict in Eastern Europe, but the metaphor that comes to mind is actually a little bit akin to sort of the Soviet Union and some of the Eastern Bloc countries where, you know, revenue organization, it seems like your neighbor to the north, the sales team is starting to expand, call themselves revenue and then assuming responsibility for marketing and customer service. Is it just your VP of sales is getting grabby and starting to assume new territory? I don't think that's the case. And and I would say, got to pay attention to the market dynamics in the market standpoint. It makes a lot of sense. If you think about you are a, let's say, emerging commercial organization, and you're having a hard time connecting the dots between what marketing is doing and sales is doing, and you're looking for efficiency. So from that standpoint, that's a sensible move. One organization under one umbrella. Is the sales organization trying to consume or subsume marketing? I don't think that's happening. I think it's a trend that's occurring because there's some sort of external force. In this case, the force is, I'll quote a study that we recently completed at Lean Data, which is a state of lead management for B2B organizations. 51% of companies that responded in that sweet spot, B2B sweet spot, were saying they're really struggling with growth. So how do you pivot when you're struggling with growth? What are you doing? And one of the ways you pivot are organizational structures. Doug, you've been around for a little while. You've seen some things. Is this a trend that you think is going to hold up? Do you think it's going to last? I don't. And there's a bunch of reasons. But I think the primary reason it's not going to last is that ultimately what ends up happening when the CRO's office absorbs the marketing function and absorbs that other C-suite position, that CRO's job is revenue, right? It's a quarter-to-quarter fight. It's fist fights, right? It's hand-to-hand combat. And that zero is naturally over time going to make sure that those resources are applied to that short-term need, right? That combat. And what will end up happening is, guess what's going to get dropped? Brand awareness, identity, thought leadership, all that stuff. Zero is going to look and be like, what is this? Why am I doing it? And when they cut that, what will happen is two years later, the zero is fired or a year and a half later, zero is fired. I'd also say like, I've seen that pendulum swing happened before. It's just the CRO title didn't exist. But 15 years ago, the rage was sales and marketing leadership. In other words, VP of sales and marketing combined. And that's exactly what happened then. It blew up. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M U T 
I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I think that there's some macro trends that are changing that might actually give the CRO a chance at success. So what I've been hearing is silos and walls are coming down between organizations because, fortunately, marketing has done something well. We've figured out how to automate the process to make ourselves more efficient. So we're starting to see we've had the rise of MarTech and marketing automation starting to be adopted, let's call it down funnel in sales and then again in customer success. And so what that's allowed us to do is make all three of those organizations very data-driven. And so now the question, and the reason why I think that the CRO has potential to have a longer life than maybe it did 20 years ago when it was sales and marketing being combined, is that we're working on systems that can talk to each other and pass data. So as a larger sort of umbrella organization sales, marketing, customer success, we can all be looking at the same KPIs. So yeah, I understand that maybe CROs aren't going to prioritize awareness in the short term, but also we're able to look at what the overall health across not just marketing, but through sales into customer success and retention and be able to recognize sort of a longer value stream, a longer view on the LTV I think maybe that balances out what's happening on the potential decrease in awareness. What's your thought about sort of the emergence and connection of data across multiple channels? I think you are correct in the sense that that does create enablement for the sales leadership to say, I have a holistic view into all the processes, people and data necessary to be successful. I agree. But what are the process, people and data they're measuring through that? They're measuring the predecessors to and the middle stage, the messy middle of generating what? Revenue. Here's what marketers do really well. They balance this idea of, you know what, Ben? I'm going to ask that we not use awareness for the rest of this conversation. Ready? Okay. Really good marketers are great at balancing short-term and long-term growth. CROs are going to be about short-term growth. So I agree. I think you're correct. There's a lot of automation. And look at all the unicorns in sales and MarTech. It's crazy. right? So there's been a lot of investment that would say that you're right. They have the stacks. I would argue with you, by the way, that those stacks are disconnected and not operating, interoperating well. But let's say that they are. No, I think that they're getting better. Like the connection between the stacks is the same. And now people are looking at something like what is the value of an impression? And they're looking at an individual segment and figuring out the LTV from that channel. Yes. However, I think we're having the same conversation, but we're applying it to what's the data layer, what's the automation layer that would enable the CRO. So let me provide my own counter argument, if you don't mind, Ben. This presupposes, by the way, that all CROs are alike and that successful CROs are only focused on revenue. It is entirely possible. I'm very wrong because the next gen of CROs, and maybe they're out there right now, and I have to tell you that the CRO's office is full of some very talented folks. It's entirely possible that the CRO of the future says, Doug, actually, you're wrong because I am thinking about long-term growth at the same time as short-term growth. And I'm actually enabled to do all of those things because of what just Ben just described. I have a singular view into everything necessary to be successful in terms of driving and predicting revenue. It's entirely possible. It just means the CRO's office changes. Yeah, you know, a big part of the problem with the CRO for me is I don't know how to stereotype them, right? Like I can (laughs) make jokes about the sales team being stuffed golf shirts or marketing being artists posing as data scientists and customer success is, you know, a support function for those two teams and they're down in the weeds. The revenue team, 
I don't really know what they look like. I don't know how to pick on their clothes or make fun of them. Give me a sense of how you can spot somebody that works in the revenue team or a CRO at a cocktail party. What are the traits of somebody that makes a good CRO? Spotting them at a cocktail party is a tough one, Ben. So I'll try and get there. But let me say the following. I think, and I'm going to use a term. I'm going to say modern CRO. So the folks that I think can carry the water in subsume marketing, they're very data-driven. They're extremely pragmatic. And they love process. Does that sound like a head of sales to you? Do they have golf clubs in their (laughs) trunk? Of course, that's a prerequisite. But that's really, if you will, the next generation of these folks. They're ultimately architects and problem solvers. But I will tell you, there's also that class that is still VP of sales and thinks in terms of that kind of narrow perspective around revenue. But how do I spot them at a cocktail party? They're the one who's trying to uh, take my job away then. What I'm hearing is that the people 10 years ago that said that they were the growth hackers and demand gen experts have grown up. And they're moving beyond focusing on performance marketing and conversion rate optimization. And they're taking jobs with larger scopes. They're the data-driven problem solvers that are using the same tactics, whether they're in marketing, whether they're in sales, and they're now basically running the growth hacking and demand gen playbook across sales, marketing, and customer success. And they're calling themselves something like the chief umbrella officer or the chief revenue officer in this case. That's right. Well, that's something to look out for. Doug, any last words on the emergence of the CRO? It is a real trend. And I would say that I do expect it to boomerang back in the next 15 years. I will be 95 at that point, Ben, so I won't get to see it. Oh, give yourself a break. You'll be 93. (laughs) And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Doug Bell, the CMO of Lean Data. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Doug and I are going to discuss whether RevOps is a real thing for marketers. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Doug, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Market Advocate, or you can visit his company's website, which is leandata.com. And of course, you can also find Doug's podcast, the Revenue Generator Podcast at revgenpod.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N. N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.